and welcome live to the studios of Triple H 100.1 FM. My name is Alexi Boyd and you are listening, of course, to Small Biz Matters. Thank you for joining me for another week of fantastic small business education to find out all the things that are happening for small businesses in this great nation of ours. Now, today I'm going to be covering actually something that's quite close to my heart, sustainability. Those of you out there who know me will know that I'm very passionate about sustainability in an environmental sense. But what about it in a small business sense? It's about more than just a buzzword. There's actually other factors to being sustainable. You could argue you actually need to be first economically sustainable, have the capital and the funds, and then be environmentally and socially socially sustainable. So what does that even mean to be sustainable? Does it mean you've got longevity? Does it mean you're able to look after and, and up? keep your family as well as your staff and keep the business growing? Or does it simply mean that from an environmental perspective, you are looking after the planet as well as your business? There is a really fantastic government funded program we can all access and that's the Better Business Partnership. It's through a tailored strategic program of education and practical suggestions that your business can achieve true sustainability that of economic, social and environmental kind. And here to tell us more about it and what you can do to improve, grow and sustain your business is the program coordinator, Amanda Choi. She has over 20 years experience in corporate and legal and now small business as a transformative leader and change agent. She's here to help you change your business for the better. Welcome to the show, Amanda. Thank you so much, Alexi. It's so wonderful to be here with you today. Now, we've been talking about this for a couple of years. I've known about BBP in our local area, and I think it's a wonderful program, not just because it's all about that environmental sustainability, but it's about keeping businesses and small business alive and and thriving in our community for longer. Why did you get involved in this? I mean, you've got a, a background in change management and sustainability. What drew you to the program? I have been in corporate for over 20 years and um, I left my corporate role in 2015. A little bit adrift and I was in the telco sector and there was a big choice to go in back into that world or to make a complete break. So I took a deep breath and decided that I wanted work in sustainability. It made more sense for me to work with businesses because that had been my background in the private sector. And so when I found this program called the Better Business Partnership, which was hosted at that time out of my local council, Willoughby in Chatswood, I jumped at the chance to become involved. I had been a director with the Chamber of Commerce in Chatswood and so that gave me an entrance to start working on the program and uh, that's been the last three years really and so it has been an evolution for me but also a fantastic marriage of the skills and my experience and learning a lot about both local small and medium businesses and what they need to, to thrive and survive, but also combining that with um, all of the elements of sustainability, which is not just environmental, it is, is more, um, more around the triple bottom line. Uh, you have, as you, as you rightly mentioned, you have to be economically and financially sustainable, first of all. But then to really flourish and survive in in these days, environmental and even more importantly, the social and community engagement is so important for local businesses. It absolutely is. And I love the mention there, you talk about the the involvement with council. And for me, 
I think sustainable sustainability for small and local businesses is ultimately really wrapped up in what the council can provide, uh, a base, if you will, or a foundation that on which small business can thrive around it. And without that, if you've got councils that are a bit disconnected from their small business community, then how can they possibly assist with that sustainability as a community? And that's what I like about this program. It talks not about the individual business, but actually producing um, a group of businesses in a particular area or in a particular sector that can support one another as well. Now, tell me a little bit about um, about the Better Business Partnership for those of those people out there who don't know anything about it. Sure. Well, the program has actually been running for 10 years now. So um, Willoughby Council, together with Coringai and uh, North Sydney, I think Lane Cove was also involved way back then, they got together, they realised that they had all sustainable objectives. And in relation to their business community, as uh, a lot of our listeners will probably um, relate to, Local council can sometimes be very difficult to penetrate if you're a business person. You don't know who to go to and often it's very compliance oriented. So the councils in in their forward thinking um, decided to go for a grant uh, with the Environmental Trust and that, that was granted. So the program was born to create a, um, I suppose to promote sustainability. Initially, it was very much environmental at that point around energy efficiency, water efficiency and waste reduction. But over the more recent years, as environmental uh, sustainability has, I suppose, become a little bit more commonplace, the growth of the social enterprise and the recognition that local businesses really do need to demonstrate that they are better in that they are looking after their staff, that they support their local community and other charities or causes, whether that be around health or the environment, their local um, their local area, that is the leading edge that actually takes, um, you know, a shop on the high street or in, in your local environment that's going to bring customers back and and really bring loyalty. Um, Our programs also recently embraced what we call business health or fundamentals. So a lot of small businesses that have been around for a long time do not have a lot of digital literacy and capability and we recognise that. So we link in with a lot of programs and resources such as those that are offered and and, um, provided by you, Alexi, and... um, uh, we try to be a one-stop shop mm. for a lot of government programs or things that small business owners do not have the time or the bandwidth to know about. But we can say, did you know that you can get a rebate? There's a free workshop. There are some resources online. And that's one of the great things that I like about the program. It's that connectivity. And a lot of small businesses are great at being connected with their local network, but they might not be connected with government and what support mechanisms are in place. And that's kind of one of the things that you provide. Tell me about the the online um, assessment tool, because I think that that's a really practical way that you can really examine your own business, not just, as I mentioned, in terms of ticking some boxes to say that you're environmentally sustainable, but also now with that business health check, that's really helpful as well. So take me through um, the tool and how a typical business owner would use it. Sure. So we've just released this 
only a few months ago. We had quite a few of our local businesses helping to test it. It's about 20 minutes long and it actually covers nine areas. So as, as well as energy, water and waste, which are our, our sort of three meat and three veg, if you like, <laughs> we have employ, um, employees or staff engagement, community support, sustainable transport, sustainable purchasing or procurement, we have um, business health, which I mentioned, and we have this new section, which is named after a campaign that we started called Bye Bye Plastic, which is around encouraging businesses and shoppers to reduce the amount of single-use plastic mm. and waste that is produced by businesses. So that section looks at how much single-use plastic uh, a business uses and to the extent to which they encourage or use reusable items instead. Right. So uh, you said that and my brain immediately went to the lo- you know the obvious thing, which is plastic bags, plastic cutlery, you know, going out and buying your lunch and getting it in plastic and bringing it back. Is it more than that? I mean, is it, I'm thinking also when you said that, I was thinking, oh, okay, let's think about office expenses and stuff that you use around the office that you only potentially use once. How about instead of buying disposable pens uh, that you think about using nice pens that you can go and get, um, you know, a a new, um, I said fuel rod, that's not right, an ink rod or whatever it is. You can go to the stationery stores and buy uh, new ones and then you're not getting rid of an entire pen whenever it runs out. Is it little things like that? Is Is it as simple as that to check how you're doing with those sort of sustainability options? Absolutely. So while we did start the Bye Bye Plastic campaign focusing on those top five that you mentioned, so shopping bags, straws, coffee cups, plastic bottles, um, the containers, the cutlery, Mm. and then, you know, you think of sushi fish and all of those consumables that are used in sort of a takeaway or retail sense. Mm. Because we work with businesses as diverse as childcare centres to leisure centres, lots of office-based businesses, and extrapolating what single use and disposability means in those instances, we've got cling wrap, we've got uh, plastic gloves, um, we have all of the packaging that comes, you know, the single use um, scrunchie plastic. So we talk a lot about how to recycle mm-hmm. through red cycle. We talk about um, recycling um, of, um, you know, hard plastics and um, and replacing with reusable bottles, for example, glass jars. That's not uh, the example you gave of the pens. That's a great one. Mm. Not one that I'd really thought of, but you're absolutely right. So there's always an alternative and it just takes a mindset shift to adopt those changes and integrate them into your your working environment. Tell me about the water and waste, uh, sorry, the water and um, energy usage, because that's a hot topic at the moment for small business. Whenever they do a government survey, it's it's figured out that, you know, that's that's our main concern. That's our main, um, you know, uh, cash flow issue is centred around our energy use, particularly those with higher energy. How can the BBP program support and and encourage people to be more user-friendly with their energy use? Well, energy, we work firstly on energy efficiency and then secondly, we really encourage people to uh, take up renewable sources of energy. The spectrum of businesses that we work with is very, very vast. So we always start with, in order to understand and control your energy usage, you must know what you're using. Hmm. So monitoring and being aware of how much in terms of usage as well as cost you're 
um, your business is is going through every quarter and then you looking at over a period. Sometimes we find a lot of businesses don't even know how much they're using. Once they're on top of that, then we look at behavioural aspects, turning off the lights, you know, putting, um, turning off your computers at night rather than just leaving them on standby. All of those behavioural things that as a business owner you might do, but do your staff do them? And how do you build a culture, whether it's through signs, through discussions, through training, so that everybody's on the same page? Uh, all through to creating a policy, creating having somebody who is responsible in the team for reducing energy water waste, uh, having targets. Some businesses go as far as actually measuring their carbon emissions and setting targets. So there is a big spectrum of what you can do. And then there is efficiency in terms of the equipment that you purchase, whether that's four and five star energy efficient um, appliances, having um, LED um, replacements of any old um, lighting, uh, having timers and sensors, you know, there's a whole range of, of equipment and often for, a, let's say, refrigerators or air conditioners, there are rebates that are available that, and they change all the time. We're, we're just waiting on a refrigeration rebate to be made public um, by the new department. I can't remember what they're called now, DPI. But, you know, we will take that to businesses that we work with that we can identify, this would be perfect for you and then help them to get that rebate. So it's a great example of where you're tapped into knowing when those rebate schemes are starting to take effect and when they're available to business, which businesses they're available to. So rather than, you know, a small business out there who's in the catchment of BBP, just slowly making their way and fumbling through everything simply by, you know, getting this free service into their business, they can certainly find ways of being more energy efficient. I love the idea of, you know, how you've always got a health and safety officer and you've got a first aid person. Well, now we could all have sustainability people and they have a green hat. Yes. <laughs> and they can be running around the office and, and how about, okay, how's this for a good idea for small businesses? Tap into this, this um, the Better Business Partnership online sustainability sustainable tool, the assessment tool, and then actually set yourself some targets and work out how much money you're going to save and then take that extra money and spend it on a bigger Christmas party and, exactly. and actually give it back to your staff. So I think um, I think about that would be a really fun way of, of giving yourself targets and, and making it something that they can really uh, aim for in a way that, that benefits them as well as your business. It's, um, it's an interesting idea. We're going to take a quick break here on Small Biz Matters and do some community service announcements. And when we come back, we're going to talk about how to access the program, how you might be chosen, and a little bit of incentives that the BBP system has in place to encourage you to get... Uh, get onto their tool and get onto their program. You're listening to Alexi Boyd with Small Biz Matters. We will be back after this. Now, today we're talking about something that's very close to my heart, which is, of course, small business sustainability. But we're not just talking about the environmental aspects. We're talking about your longevity, your long-term forecast, if you will, and accessing a great program called BBP, the Better Business Partnership, which is a group of Sydney councils coming together and giving uh, people the opportunity to take on an online tool. Now, Amanda Choi is with us today. And I presume the online tool came about because you didn't want to just restrict this to... 
um, business as it were under the under the umbrella of those councils you wanted to make it available to everyone and I assume it's very agnostic and then you can see how you're going and you can give yourself a little bit of a tester is that is that the purpose mm. of the tool spot on Lexi so um, the the program is um, uh, basically an accreditation program and we we have program managers one in Karingai, one in North Sydney and one in Willoughby and they provide one-on-one support to businesses mm. but that was limiting in the number of businesses that we could support every year so we developed this online tool which is available on our website at www.bbp.org.au it's available to anyone it takes 20 minutes and as well as being a diagnostic it's also a form of education because it's a lot of multiple choice and so the questions that a business is asked it will give you a lot of ideas of really really simple low-hanging fruit things that will save you energy save you water reduce your waste costs um, increase your community support. So all of those aspects in this uh, assessment, they're all contained in there. You get a report straight away, a PDF delivered to your inbox, and then we are updating our uh, website. At the moment, there are some resources, but we will have an action plan template so that, like you mentioned before, you can have a champion in the business who can be given, you know, the role. You're the sustainability champion. Let's do the assessment together, talk about it in our team meeting, and then let's see what we can do. And does it give you a a benchmark when you first do it? Does it give you kind of a bit of a score for each of those segments that you can then build on and improve on in future? Yeah, so we've in the team we've had a lot of debates about scoring, but we we feel that you know being quite competitive Australians, we all like to know where we where we are, where our, our starting point is, and some businesses are very shocked that you know they may be at the basic or intermediate level. So we award a badge in our BBP accreditation system for businesses that achieve an advanced and above rating, which is 51%. So the rating for each section is delivered to your inbox and then every time an accreditation or reappraisal happens with our businesses, our member businesses, then they can have the opportunity to earn more badges or to increase their score and be eligible for the Better Business Awards that are, that are held every year. So if you're not in um, one of our three areas, then the assessment is still there as a tool and a benchmark. And then what you what you can do with it is up to you. Mm. I like that idea that you can um, you can you can take it anywhere around Australia, and then you can build on it and almost use it as a, a target, if you will, which is really cool. Um, what about how does this work for the difference between, say, someone who's in retail uh, and someone who is office based? Can you show me a comparison? Because I'm thinking to myself, well, there might be businesses who are listening out there who say, well, this isn't really relevant for me. I work from home. Um, I've already got recycling. Where are you know? put my soft plastics in, what else can I do? Um, How would you communicate to those businesses that there's always things you can do to improve your sustainability? Well, sustainability is a journey. It's not a destination. So even, you know, businesses that have all of the badges and have uh, a a really sustainable philosophy and operating, operating manner, there's always more that you can take it. So whether you're in a retail shop and you maybe use a lot of disposable plastic. Um, 
there are ways to you know and and it does take a while to actually change these these modes of operation because you've got stock you know there's the cost factor uh we help in terms of putting uh ideas and you know some of them may not take for a couple of years but where we we start working with a business and uh it may be you know, an, another year before they say, I think we're ready to make the change, whether it's a, an LED upgrade or changing from, you know, single-use plastic to reusable bags or whatever um, in an office-based environment. You know, there might be um, the adoption of a sustainable purchasing policy, which will flow all through the office in terms of what consumables are used through to um, what uh, what services are, um, are ordered by by the business and how um, how suppliers are chosen and, mm. and you know looking at things depending on how big you are but modern slavery is becoming yeah, a big issue. Yeah, looking at the supply chain that's a big deal isn't it and in fact it's legislated now um, in state legislation you have to be you cannot have slavery at all as part of your part of your procurement process or part of your your supply chain. That's I think, right. And that's, a, that's another great way that, you know, people who may not necessarily know can be educated in a really broad sense, in the sense of energy usage, in the sense of that procurement process and the, and the, the way that they make purchasing decisions. And it's great to I don't know of any other programs around that I've heard of that really encompass sustainability in all those three ways. So, so hats off to you guys. One, one thing I'd like to mention just in relation to our connection with the local councils, because we are funded by um, local councils and uh, so we work very closely. In fact, we're all embedded within the local council environment. We understand how important local council business is. Um, you know, for local businesses to actually supply to their local government. Government is a big purchaser. And so in terms of knowing not only how to become and what is required to become a supplier to a local government um, council, but also as uh, if you're going to be providing tenders or, you know, putting bids in, as a small business, you need to be compliant. So it's not just who you're supplying from, but how you, you're going to demonstrate your compliance with these requirements because bigger organisations that are subject to the modern slavery organisation laws, um, like councils, they're going to require every supplier down their chain to demonstrate that they're compliant. So, you know, you may think, oh, it doesn't actually apply to me because I'm just, you know, a very small um, business. But if you want to be a supplier to those bigger companies, you need to comply as well. And it's a really important note about economic sustainability as well. If you want to grow or, in fact, you want to get hold of those government tenders, you have to be seen to be sustainable in lots of different ways. Uh, and this is a great way of a starting point, if you will, for that, for, a, you know, cross-checking across what you need to do to get those tenders versus what you're actually achieving in your business. And maybe there's a marriage there and maybe this will help you um, get those bigger and bigger jobs with corporate and with, with, um, with, uh, with government and the big purchases out there. I think that's a really great way that it indicates on economic development, economic sustainability, I should say. So um, just at the beginning of the program, you were mentioning about um, the, 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 obviously the, commun the community health check, which is a way that the business integrates with its local community. Can you give me some good examples about how people will get good scores for that? We ask questions about how well you're embedded in your local community. And as a business, 
one of the first and, and, and best ways is actually to join a local chamber of commerce or a business networking group so that you can become known and, and really make connections in your local business uh, network. But then broader than that, there are your schools and sporting groups, your you know local community causes. These people are all your customers and uh, the more that you show that your business is supporting them and interested in their lives and their causes, then that will bring business to you. Then we look at how uh, other businesses, for example, um, social enterprises and businesses that maybe not for profits, but increasingly there is a rise in businesses that marry delivering on a social cause or an environmental cause, but also um, uh, being for profit, but it's profit for purpose. One of the local businesses that uh, I think you've had on the program here, Humanitix, is, is a BBP member and we have, um, uh, you know, used them for their ticketing purpose, their, their, their event ticketing, which is um, a great way to not only um, uh, organise your events and um, uh, they d- deliver a certain proportion of their ticketing fee to a charity of your choice. Mm. So, you know, there are ways that you can, as a business, it it taps onto procurement as well. Who are you choosing to deliver your, you know, require goods and services that could also have a community benefit? Um, So there's there's an increasing number of um, businesses like that. I absolutely love that expression, profit for purpose. That's got to be out there because we all understand the concept of charity and we understand there's a difference between charity and the difference between that and not-for-profit. But there's actually, like you said, a lot of organisations, particularly kids who are coming through, the new entrepreneurs who, um, as we're reading more and more, are more about social enterprise, more about doing good than actually building their profits and, and, you know, filling their coffers. They want to see that they're giving something back. And I love that expression, profit for purpose. I'm going to make that part of my linguistic Library. (laughs) (laughs) Now, talk to me about the, um, we've talked about the bye-bye plastic and obviously the energy water waste. There's lots of different ways that you can can do things to to be uh, more sustainable in that way. Talk about the transport. What do you mean by sustainable transport? Yeah, it's, it's a weird one because, you know, every business has embodied uh, transport miles. So every service or every every good that you order in, it has to come from somewhere. Mm. So, um, you know, a lot of businesses, they say, oh, it doesn't really apply to me. But when, when we thought about what sustainable transport really is, it's about looking at the impact of transport miles mm. on your business. Mm. So we start with, you know, staff um, and, um, you know, the owner. How do you get to work? Do you drive? Do you take public transport? Do you walk? Do you fly? You know, so that that's sort, sort of the, the very obvious aspect. Um, obviously, businesses that really encourage, um, you know, their employees to take public transport or not to drive, that's a great thing. But then... Or just don't give them parking. <laughs> don't give them parking, but, you know, being located close to a public yes, transport yes. And, and really encouraging, whether it's through subsidised um, transport tickets or, you know, making um, car sharing, carpooling available, all of those things are great. Having bike uh, racks and having showers and encouraging all of that. Mm. That's, that's the sort of the easy stuff. But then we sort of look at, well... Um, are you buying from, you know, overseas? 
is there a way to actually purchase more locally to reduce the carbon impact of what you're what you're using in your business whether it's you know supporting your local suppliers getting to know your local um the other businesses in your network and buying from them rather than getting stuff from china or whatever mm-hmm. um using um delivery services that maybe offset you know there are alternatives to australia post and um other delivery services that will actually keep track of their carbon emissions and use um you know there's uh, like sendall or you know some of those businesses that can actually use the downtime um in in so that everything is it's sort of like a they're just more efficient uh, more with their efficient transport with their usage. Transport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They look at ways that the, the downtime, the trucks aren't Correct. being used and they outsource the truck usage or something. It's quite a fascinating business model when you look into that one yeah. as well. So we just sort of look at, you know, how, how can a business reduce the, um, the, the number of transport miles that are attributed to the goods and services that they supply? I go into a lot of offices in my role as a bass agent bookkeeper because I'm going in there to visit my clients and they might be a small business. And I'm always astounded by um, the, the, the lack of use of the space within the kitchenette. I know it sounds a bit strange, but there is a lot of space at the back of those cupboards and you can buy things in bulk. So rather than buying five or six items and having them delivered by the, one of the major supermarkets and you've literally placed an order for 20 bucks worth of stuff. How about you actually buy things in bulk? You go around to your staff and you say, what do you want to use? What is it? You know, what type of tea do you like? What type of coffee do you like? Do you want me to get um, types of juice and all these things and actually buy it in bulk because that greatly reduces the carbon footprint for each item that you're purchasing because you're buying them in larger quantities. Um, just be careful of wastage, of course, so you're not got stuff that's sitting in the back of the cupboard never being used. But that's like, I always think to myself, where are those little nooks and crannies? We do it in our home. We look around and we say, where have I got storage? Where can I put stuff? How can I store it correctly? Maybe we need to think about doing that in our offices as well so we're not just buying things in little minute quantities. That's sort of one way that I Great think idea. of transport can be sort of reduced. But it is, it's about that, think of everything having a carbon footprint, everything that comes in, everything that you're doing. And then it, it, when you think of it overall, then there are just incremental things that you can do, which become habitual. And another thing uh, in relation to offices um, is, you know, using video conferencing rather than actually going out to see your clients, because these days you can use not only Skype, but Zoom or GoToMeeting. Any of those are so easy. Mm. And, and free. It's free. And it's just like, it's just as good as being there. And you've, you've you know, saved the travel time. Um, and, you know, even like working from home, having meetings from your, you know, from your lounge room or from your kitchen table, mm. it's going to be, make you more efficient. It's going to save that carbon being, you know, and the time of, of, of transport. And as the NBN improves and we get better and better with that, as we sort of wait with bated breath for things to improve, uh, then those things will become more efficient and, and better in terms of online usage as well. Um, so we've we've covered just to help people who have just maybe joined us midway through the program. You're listening to Triple H 100.1 FM and you're listening to Small Biz Matters and we're here to support small businesses with their sustainability. Um, and we're talking to the BBP program, which is not just something that's available to our neck of the woods, but actually available anywhere because they've launched this new an online assessment tool, a great way to start perhaps a base level of where you can work on and think about bringing your team on board and making it a bit of a fun exercise for you and your business. Now, we talked about um, supply chains and ethical sourcing, uh, the community and how you're involved with your staff, uh, sustainable transport, energy, water waste, single-use plastics, that business health aspect 
Now, without good economic sustainability, these things might just be a bit pie in the sky. So what sort of programs does BBP tap into that businesses not, might not be aware of that can help improve their business health? Yeah, this is a really important uh, part of the program, actually, and it, it's attracting a lot of attention since we've introduced it as a badge and something that uh, uh, that we really focus on. We look at a business's... Um, uh, it's, it's reasons for being in business. You know, some, some businesses just sort of basically just happen and um, it's good to actually have a, you know, a mission and a purpose and, you know, what are you doing this for? What, do you, what is your objective? And that links into your business growth strategy, your marketing strategy, your digital presence, all the things that maybe you, in your rush to sort of, you know, make profits, get, back, get customers, things fall by the wayside. So we just try and check in with businesses, whether they're brand new startups or have been in business for a while, to make sure that all of these basics are in place. And if they're not, we can connect uh, with other state and federal government programs. There's a great one at the moment called BizConnect, mm-hmm. which is for, for, for small businesses, which offers free coaching and um, business planning. And that's in New South Wales. So if you're based anywhere else in Australia, your state will probably have something similar with through their small business commissioner or, or similar department. So, the, yeah, the small business commissioner in New South Wales has some great uh, resources and has just launched a new website. Uh, you know, there's um, a lot of programs that help to uh, navigate through whether you're trying to um, imp- expand or, you know, um, get a, um, an approval. So easy to do business. We link in with, with um, that. Um, there is a digital um, capability and a, a, a digital um, marketing program that uh, is offered um, through a company called Netstripe. So we have partnered with them and we'll be offering free and highly subsidised workshops that link to... So if our businesses have identified, you know, I, I, my website's like five years old and I don't I do not do social media. Yeah. I don't, what, what, I'm I don't scared do of it. Media. I'm not on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Why is it important? Mm. You know, really understanding why that is important and why it is so critical for any business to really thrive in today's environment you know, um, the traditional types of advertising just don't cut it anymore. So Exactly. Uh, but that can be a little bit overwhelming for people who are out there who are not digital natives and haven't grown up with a device in their hand. The thought of um, suddenly making that part of your everyday can be difficult, but it's getting easier, you know, understanding the different apps and technology out there that can make uh, content better used. Um, I think that's that's a really important way, trying to minimise the amount of time that you need to spend on these things and maximising what you're doing. And one way that this whole thing can connect is by celebrating becoming a more sustainable business. So if you're thinking, oh, well, what can I talk about to my customers? How do I start on social media? Well, here's a start. Tell them that you're going to do something similar to the BBP program, that you've started at this level and you've been implementing all these new strategies to improve your sustainability and sing about that because you know, the goodwill that you'll get out of your local community, your client base is immense. And I think that that's a really good starting point for advertising and, and becoming a digital native, if even if it's not feeling comfortable with what you're doing. Well, gonna- that's, that's you know, our um, our Facebook page is, is really where we celebrate and we shout out our new members and businesses that we can see, you know, really leading the way. So we try to 
put uh, up our champion businesses to say, look, here's a cafe or here's a childcare centre, here's an office-based business that is doing fantastic, they've achieved this, um, and really give them a shout-out so that other businesses can say, oh, I could do that, that's a mm, good idea. It is doable. Mm. <laughs> Let's take a quick break here on Small Biz Matters on Triple H 100.1 FM. When we come back, we're going to talk to Amanda a little bit more about how this program helps the community as a whole. You're listening to Small Biz Matters with Alexi Boyd. I'll be back after this. Welcome back to the studio of Triple H 100.1 FM here in Hornsby, Karingai. You are also listening to Small Biz Matters across the community radio network. My name is Alexi Boyd and today we're talking all about small business sustainability, not just in the sense of environmental sustainability, which is uber important, but also talking about economic sustainability, that foundation. What is it that you can do to help use sustainability to grow your business? Before the break, we were talking about the different ways that the Better Business Partnership Program supports small businesses, not just here where the councils are who are supporting the program are based, but also this is new fantastic online assessment tool that you can use. And a great practical tip that Amanda came up with was get someone in your office to become the sustainability champion. Get them to be part of their remit to make your company a better place to be sustainable as a as an employee, as a client, uh, and that ultimately will help your bottom line as well, which is what a lot of small businesses fundamentally see as being important. But another thing that businesses see really important is being part of a community as a whole. Now, Amanda, the Better Business Partnership, tell me about why this program exists to help general business community as part of the community. Why is it that, that we're becoming more aware of, um, I guess, the whole nature of being part of a group of businesses rather than just being one. Why does Better Business Partnership help the whole community and the small business within it? Yeah, great question, Alexi. Well, it's in, you know, being uh, a better business. So a better business is a business that really demonstrates that it not only is sustainable and in business uh, financially can actually exist, but that it goes goes that extra mile in terms of looking after the planet and trying to reduce its uh, environmental impact and amplifying its social or community impact. So really supporting the community. But from a business perspective, we are also looking at how uh, to educate and get more of our local businesses involved in this new thing called the circular economy. I'll just take a moment to explain what that means. If you think about how we have traditionally made goods, we extract things out of the ground. We process them and make them into whether it's, you know, plastic widgets or um, clothes or, uh, you know, building materials. At the end of their life, we go, ah, we're done with that and we throw them out. We put them in landfill, we bury them, we burn them. It's getting to the point where through uh, our uh, just churning through everything, we're, we're actually going through about two uh, earths every you know every few years. So we're not we don't have much um, resource left. We have to start keeping those resources in the economy, and rather than throwing them out, finding another use for them. So there is a, a really big push the state government um, globally to actually. Uh, introduce ways so that every business can see maybe it's taking a waste um, uh, that you would normally throw out and finding a value, finding someone who is going to use that. So 
part of our new remit is really looking how um, our local businesses can identify. I'm throwing out, you know, X many tons of this every every month. Um, it's costing me hundreds and th- thousands over you know years to get rid of this. How can I either get someone to pay me to take it away or just have it taken away so that then it can be used in someone else's um, process? And we're finding that uh, local governments, councils and um, research institutions like universities, we're bringing those partnerships together. So... For example, uh, we have I've got a meeting today at the University of New South Wales with uh, Professor Veena Sahajwala, who is the director of the Circular Economy Innovation Network. Wow! And one of our local businesses from um, from Willoughby, who uh, provides um, sustainable schoolwork. We're talking about having a pilot uh, under the auspices of the Innovation Innovation Network, this Circular Economy Network involving Willoughby Council or one of our, our partner councils and uh, schools and this, this business to uh, produce and then collect these, um, you know, uniforms made out of polyester and then recycle them back into whether it's more uniforms or other products and services rather than, you know, throwing them out. Mm. And these uniforms are made, um, I think one polo shirt is made of six PET drink bottles, so recycled from a drink bottle. It's about that repurposing, isn't it? I think it's wonderful that we think, oh, okay, I'm buying stuff, it's got plastic in it, so therefore I'm reusing the plastic. Maybe that plastic was made from scratch for starters, but what what we don't realise in a lot of those cases, just to use that clothing as an example, is that that fast, fast fabrics, if you will, they actually are going to take hundreds of years to disintegrate just themselves. Those, and you think of them as cloth. They're not. They're actually plastic. It's plastic. Yeah. And you can reconstitute them back into granules or filament mm, and reuse them. Exactly. And there's a, there's um, the other thing that we often go through uh, very quickly with businesses is office furniture. And it's sometimes ludicrous to see fit-outs and entire, you know, areas of, of entire floors of buildings which are fitted out with office furniture that literally go into landfill. And I guess one of the roles of an organisation like BBP is to connect those who are getting rid of the waste with those who need it and and who are the middlemen who do the collecting and the transport and, and all those things that we can't do as businesses so we just think it's all too hard and we throw them out. Is that one of the ways that you support is by making those connections? Yeah, absolutely. So in our uh um, assessment. We look at every different type of waste, including office furniture and fabrics and textiles. And our consultants, our BBP program managers will connect if those businesses do have, uh, you know, a, a excess amount of, uh, if you say, office furniture, we actually have a local business that takes those and refurbishes them from big fit-outs in, in um, you know, the city and stores them in Artarman and then actually turns them into brand new office fit-outs so you wouldn't know were second-hand. That's fantastic. And it's a wonderful way um, that it really uh, wraps up the way that sustainability can help not just your business, but obviously the planet and reducing the amount of waste that we produce as well. Now, Amanda, we've come to the end of the program. Can you tell me a little bit about how people can access this support, whether they're local or national, uh, to understand the BBP program and perhaps where they can find the assessment tool? Sure. So the website, it's a very, very short website, www.bbp.org.au. 
We are renewing that website as we speak, but go there for the online assessment and uh, some basic resources. I'd also like to mention that we have a networking event in North Sydney at the Coal Loader Centre for Sustainability. So anyone in the Sydney region who's on the north side, we're having a networking event next Tuesday, the 12th of November. And the first two email uh, emails I received to our info at bbp.org.au email. So info at bbp.org.au. We have two sets of uh, a double pass to the um, event, which is from 6 to 8 p.m., a sunset soiree. It's on our Facebook page. And, um, yes, we'd love to um, have you to our sustainable business networking function. That's fantastic. Another thing that the BBP uh, community is offering to the broader small business community, thank you so much for joining Small Biz Matters with Alexi Boyd today. Amanda, you've been full of knowledge when it comes to sustainability and thinking about the little incremental ways and the big practical ways that we can support our planet, our business, our people, our community um, in, in ways that we operate in small business. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much, Alexi. It's been such a pleasure. Now, if you've missed any of today's program, you can, of course, catch up via iTunes or Podbean or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll find over 110 podcasts available for small business to listen to on a huge myriad of topics. You name it, we've covered it. And if we haven't covered it, let us know and we'll bring an expert in to educate you as well. We've got tons and tons of expertise to share with you in small business education content and of course if you're not subscribing already jump on to the smallbizmatters.com.au website where you can find out about events like the BBP networking event and tons of other ones that are around Sydney all the way from the central coast down to the city and available for you to access for free so subscribe to our newsletter and you'll find out everything that's coming up that week plus who we're going to be interviewing on our next show. My name's been Alexi Boyd. You've been listening to Triple H 100.1 FM and across the community radio network. We'll see you all next week.